As you're listening, don't forget to check out the Professional Amateurs Podcast on YouTube. And while you're there, hit like and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of Professional Amateurs. It is October the 26th. I don't know why I just said that. Usually don't say the date, but that's fine. Still learning how to do the intros with these things with all this hockey to talk about, but we'll kick things off by seeing how everyone's doing. Jack, what's up? Not much. What's up with you? Oh, you know, just getting ready to film this blockbuster podcast week into the season, uh, two weeks into the season. Ryan, how's it going? It's going all right. It's a pretty nice Oilers jersey you got there. Yeah, added to the collection. Now up to 30, or no, not 30, sorry. 30? Oh, <laughs> like eight, maybe. Eight. Eight. Out of <laughs> yeah. Eight. Eight out, of estimates. eight out of 32 he's just rounding up oh yeah <laughs> rounding up Round from up eight to 30. 30 the nearest 30. <laughs> just skip over 10 and 20 just <laughs> 30 um all right it's uh it's been a newsy week we didn't get to really cover like general nhl stuff because we had those brock boys on so we kind of focused on western canada and montreal but uh yeah, so we're going to bounce around the league a little bit today. Um, but we got some breaking news, more or less, uh, with regards to the Josh Norris injury. Ryan, you've seen some unfortunate tweets regarding the uh, MRI that came back on the Norris injury. You want to give the spiel there? Yeah, so literally minutes ago, DJ Smith stepped up to the podium, and the first thing on the agenda was Josh Norris, obviously, and it's not good news. Um, they're still debating whether he, he needs surgery or not. And it's, they did confirm it's not the same injury, but it is shoulder. So I don't really know how that works. Um, but yeah, he's out long-term. The quote was three to four to five months. We'll be lucky to have him back this year. That sucks. Jack, what's your initial reaction on that? It sucks. Yeah, I agree. I really don't have a strong opinion on that. It's just a tough, tough way it to start happens. the year after the such a, after such a like, I don't know, exciting off season, and uh, it's just tough. But I mean, it could be worse. He, realistically, he had been like their seventh best forward. Yeah, through five, six games. So you could you could almost argue eighth. Yeah, yeah. So. So it could be worse. And uh, I mean, I, like they didn't trade any of their forward depth in order to acquire a defenseman over the off season, which in hindsight looks good, hmm. but uh, yeah, it's not what you want hearing uh, might not even be back this season is pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, it didn't even look like a bad injury though. That's what's so weird to me. Like it looked like he just kind of, it looked like he tipped over. <laughs> yeah. But you, you knew it was bad because of how pissed off he was going down. No, the I know that, but after seeing like, cause I didn't even, notice the injury happen like yeah you were at the game and you i was at the game and i didn't even notice he was injured like i think you texted me like oh shit norris i was like what like yeah. what happened <laughs> yeah. like i didn't even notice that he was hurt or that he left the ice because it was pretty much right off the draw and he just left the ice and I, I didn't even notice i noticed that he hadn't returned but i didn't notice that he left the ice with an injury so yeah. um super weird super freak accident it kind of sounds like it's going to be as similar to like the Pinto injury where it just lingered all year, played yeah. five games and then was done for the year, which is exactly what Pinto did. Another shoulder injury for the Sens. Like it just yeah. white last year too. 
um like this is the second one for norris so yeah it'll be interesting to know like i don't know if this is out yet but like what the actual injury is like because it's not just a dislocation like if it was a dislocation he'd only be out a couple weeks i think i think like last time it was separated shoulder i'm pretty sure so if it's a different injury i don't know what else there can be that requires surgery but could have been like mm. a broken collarbone a little bit higher up yeah maybe I don't know. the way he landed it definitely could have been because he mm. kind of landed straight on it but it's again it's just weird it was like a, it was almost a non i don't want to say it was a non-contact injury but it was it was off the draw it was kind of just a tussle after the draw like you see every other face off and mm. he just landed wrong weird one but um yeah i don't know they went on they beat they they beat dallas without him so i guess i'll be without him for the long haul um all right uh let's jump into some other stuff uh, all is not well in vancouver right now uh they are still winless they're oh five and two we talked to uh jacob snow the canucks fan that goes to brock in sports management that ryan hooked us up with uh and how many games have they played since then two or three like it wasn't it was not nearly as bleak as it was last week as it is now they've played yeah. They've played three games since we last spoke and uh, they lost all three, one of which was in overtime. Um, so what, what do you guys think about Vancouver? Like we talked about it last week. Um, if things go to shit, which they now have, um, w- what direction does this team take? Like they've got this uh, weird roster full of like great futures, but like guys like JT Miller and Tyler Myers and Oliver Ekman Larson and like, I, I don't know. You've got all these win now players on subpar contracts in at, on the same timeline as you've got like Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and Thatcher Demko. There was a funny tweet by Jay Fresh that said the idea to retool around Hughes, Pettersson and Demko was great, except for the fact that they just chose not to retool and re-sign JT Miller and all that. Um, Jack, what's your, what's your thought on Vancouver if you have one? Uh, I think we've kind of talked about it before in this league and in all pro sports league, you either need to be fighting for a championship or tanking. Those are the two most beneficial things to do. Being in the middle like this is as the roster is constructed is not a good thing. Obviously the record is at a point of tanking right now, but their roster isn't constructed. It still has that kind of in between setup, which is not good. Um, and they also just got their fresh bump from having a new coach last year. So if they have to do it again this year, that's a bad look. You can only do that so many times before it's a player issue, not a coach issue. And if they do that, they'd be paying three coaches this season. Uh, they'd still be paying Travis Green, Bruce Boudreaux, and whoever they were to hire, if they were to hire a new one. Which, I mean, you're 0-5-2. Uh, in this league with the loser point, you're pretty much done already. Like, I, I say you just ride it out um trade off some assets like it sucks for them that they locked in jt miller that would have been a great piece to deal off that's um, the tough part is their assets are already locked up they're not rentals yeah it's that that's... much more complicated um but if there was a year to have a bad year it's this year right um if you if you were one of those middling teams which vancouver is like let's be real they're not a compete for a championship team. They're a team that would have snuck into the playoffs as likely a wildcard team or a three seed to get waxed by Calgary in the first round or something. Um, this is almost a better sort of situation. Like, obviously, Canucks fans won't want to hear this, but this is a better spot to be in 
than being the 10th seed in the West and fighting for a playoff spot to probably lose in the first round. Um, because if you get Connor Bedard, you come right back next year and you're, um, you've got one of the best young cores in the NHL, which they kind of already do. Ah, no, they It'd don't. It'd be cool they for him to stay out West. It'd be very cool. He's a Vancouver guy. Like, mm-hmm. um, He's playing out West, obviously, in the WHL. Like, we're going to do this a whole bunch of times, and we've texted about it, but I don't think we've actually talked about it on the show about the teams that we want to get Connor Bedard. Um, I know I'm high on the idea of him playing for San Jose. Uh, Jack, I know you're big on – obviously, you'd want to see Montreal get him. Who are the other teams that you wanted to see land Bedard? I don't even remember now that you put me on the spot. I know we've had that conversation like three times. I know you've mentioned Detroit. They would need some lottery luck. Uh, I don't even think I considered Vancouver because I just wasn't expecting. I know to be in this that's place. the thing. So now I want to kind of repropose this. Now that Vancouver looks like they're going to be in those sweepstakes, um, Vancouver's at the top of the list for me. It would be pretty cool. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, Vancouver's definitely up there just because of the the West Coast connection. I think that would be freaking awesome. But um, like looking near the bottom of the standings, I guess right now, wouldn't it be incredible if Columbus got him? Like, they yeah. are already stacked with sick prospects. Imagine they add Bedard to that. Can you imagine a, a lot of line of too. Goudreau, Bedard, line, eh? Yeah. You want any goals they'd score? Unreal. <clears throat> um, I think maybe every month we should do, like, a Bedard watch. Like, it feels, it feels, obviously, it's early in the season, but, I mean, we're two weeks in. So maybe four episodes from now, we do a Bedard watch. Four episodes after that, we do a Bedard watch. Just look at the teams that are in the bottom five bottom ten could you could you imagine that the wild get him they're gonna make the playoffs relax i i know but like just looking at it now you said let's reevaluate it so i'm reevaluating it how <laughs> crazy would that be that'd be nuts that'd be nuts um you guys imagine it... colorado god <laughs> no, no 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 no. here's one here's one minnesota's imagine... 26th right now chill out uh Tampa's 23rd. Imagine Tampa. Oh, wait, no. Chicago has Tampa's pick. <laughs> Fuck Chicago. Um, they don't deserve nothing. Speaking of Chicago, they're 4 and 2, which is hilarious. What is this <laughs> NHL season so far? The NHL is so It looks like a bad child's dip. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does. It really does. Um, like Nashville. Nashville hasn't recovered. Have we talked about um, the idea or not the idea, but the notion that Nashville and San Jose have been terrible since coming back from Europe. Not on the pod. No. Okay. Cause like we, we knew San Jose was going to be bad, but um, I don't think Nashville's won a game since coming back from those European games. They played two games in check against San Jose. They won both games and they are Oh, four and one since, since they got back. Um, Dang. Like, is that a coincidence? Do you guys think there's anything to that? I, I I think there's something there. I mean, there might be, but like, it's funny that you bring that up actually, because obviously there were so many other factors leading to the Senator's demise, but it, like it really started going downhill when they got back from that global series in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Like they just fell off a cliff when they got back from that. So I don't know. Maybe it does uh, mess with the bodies t- too much. I don't. I, I think don't know. the six-hour time difference. I mean, they did. I have... feel like it could mess with the body for the first couple of games, but then you should be recovered. Yeah, 
Well, it's kind of what it is right still. Like they've played five games since. You'd think now they'd start to recover, but it's starting yeah, to linger. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, if you lose two and all of a sudden you're on a momentum down, mm-hmm. could kind of been the original factor. Like they got smoked by Dallas twice. Like they lost 4-1 and 5-1. And then they lost in a shootout to the Kings. They lost to Columbus. And then they just lost to Philly on Saturday. Wow. Um, and then they play uh, St. Louis tomorrow. And then Washington, Edmonton, Calgary. Like, they don't have an easy schedule. I don't know. Like, Nashville's another team that could get buried early if they keep losing here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. I think that uh, – I don't know. It's almost like – I don't know how to explain this. But now that I'm, like, really invested in seeing Ottawa, like, really win games, I'm, like, really invested in the start of the season and noticing, like, how important it is to get off to a good start. Because making up points in this league is, is, is the hardest thing to do out of any league because of the loser point like gaining points on teams is the hardest thing to do is it's harder to to oh my god (laughs) it's harder to do in this league than it is in other leagues making up ground because of that loser point and so seeing like the fact that vancouver hasn't won a game in their first seven games like the fact that we can almost write them off of playoffs seven games in the season is wild like and i think too in like comparison to say the nfl where they only play a fraction of the games it's easier to see how like a divisional game matters more right and in the nhl with the bigger schedule you kind of get lulled into like the mid-season who cares like it doesn't matter if you have a bad streak at the start everyone has a bad right. streak but in reality if you lose five six seven games in your division good luck yeah exactly but like yeah the point system is so like chaotic because Mm -hmm. ottawa barely moved up the standings at all after winning four straight but then they jumped up to third in the division last night because of their like division opponents lost and now they're higher in points percentage like they it it's just crazy how it works it i don't know like wouldn't it be cool if they just went by um like just straight up records like just wins losses yeah kind of like how the nba does yeah it'd be interesting i want to see a 3-2-1 format um three wins regulation two I think that's one of the first things we talked about on the pod i think so too format. but nobody listened now we actually have a couple <laughs> listeners like i think our episode last week has like over 30 views on youtube which is kind of cool i was hmm. checking that out um so I don't know. It, it, it bears mention again. Like, I feel like stuff that we talked about six months ago, we can, we can, no, I wasn't mention. saying we shouldn't talk about it. I just think it's cool. Yeah, it is. It definitely is cool how stuff just comes back up, but I like, there's definitely some validity to the fact that this point system, it's meant to keep teams in it, but at the same time, it keeps teams out of it. Yeah. Like it creates yeah, the illusion of stuff being closed, but it's exactly not. like, for example, Vancouver right now, I don't mean to harp on Vancouver, but they're the best example. They are four games out of a playoff spot or four points out of a playoff spot, but they're last in the conference. And the team that they're the team that has the final wildcard spot right now, St. Louis, it feels dumb to be talking about wildcard spots right now. But anyway, St. Louis is three and one. They played four games. So you can realistically give them, I don't know, four points in their next three games in hand that they have on Vancouver. All of a sudden you're eight points back. And like that's 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 a that's a massive amount of points to make up. And I know you. And that's just what it is. It's, it's the illusion of oh, we're only four points back. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you actually look into it, like a casual fan can look at it and go, 
They're only four points back. I should still go to games. No, that's two wins. But... You got to win over the people in front of you. Yeah. While fending and... off the people behind you. And a big thing is that's really interesting that I've always sort of been aware of, but really focused on in the past few weeks is uh, like the pace that you have to play at. Mm-hmm. So Vancouver, like, obviously like you kind of need 95 points to get into the playoffs, right? 90, 95, 96 um, to sneak into a wild card spot, sometimes lower, sometimes higher, whatever. Um, Vancouver by now starting with two points in their first seven games, you have to play at like 110 point pace just to reach that. I don't know, 95 point threshold or whatever it is. You have to like, all of a sudden you can't just play at that 95 point pace anymore. You have to play at, for example, on a 105 point pace because of all these points that you lost at the start of the season and Vancouver's just not that team. Yeah. Seeing how like important the start of the season is really cool. Like, as a, like, like you said, as a Senators fan, we haven't really noticed it the last couple of years, but like <laughs> looking at the athletics, like playoff um, percentage, like that's the how, big thing, how likely yeah. people are to make it in. It's crazy. Like the Canucks started around, I think they were 40%. 42-ish, and now they're at 13. Yeah. Like, it just absolutely vaulted them down. Like, it's and crazy. The, the beautiful part of that is that's math. That's yeah. not someone's opinion. Yeah. That is the math of their odds. Yeah. It's basically, basically what that does is it um, considers how many games are left and the pace that you have to play at and how likely it is that you're to, or you are to play at that pace. Because as the season becomes shorter – which it does every day, um, the pace that you have to play at to make the playoffs increases or decreases depending on how well your priors have been. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. It's just really um, cool to look at the season that way. Yeah. And then just like on the opposite spectrum, just because I have it in front of me, Ottawa's like after they lost two games, it went down from like 30 to like 25-ish. And now after winning four straight, they're up to 52 yeah like that's crazy it's wild um i don't know it's just a it's a unique perspective because i wasn't as into hockey as i was i'm more into hockey now obviously than i was five years ago when the sends were last relevant so Mm -hmm. i've been a little bit out of touch with watching playoff races and stuff like that so just this year like i'm i'm really sort of into it from day one and so it's just it's really cool to see this perspective and see how much the season is affected by these early season games that people usually like to just Toss to the side if they have a bad game or what have you. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hop over to the East. Um, I'm not sure how much games, how many games you guys have been catching lately. Uh, I watched a little bit of Pittsburgh Calgary last night. Um, Calgary is absolutely insane. Like they're, they're going to, they're so good. Um, I can't wait to talk about them later in the season. Cause I think they're going to be like the gap between them and Colorado right now for me is closed. Um, obviously Colorado was head and shoulders above everyone last year. Calgary, mm-hmm moved up while Colorado sort of regressed a little bit just because of all the talent they lost. Um, but Pittsburgh, despite the game that they had last night, they didn't play great. Calgary kind of crushed them. Um, Pittsburgh looks awesome. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to them, um, but they're, they're a team that's been, uh, everyone's been pointing to as a team that has to fall off eventually. And them and Washington have been co- sort of like, uh, I don't know, brother franchises in that sense where everyone's waiting for the cliff to come um it's not coming this year for pittsburgh it doesn't look like they look they look really good um i'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on how pittsburgh looks yeah i think it's uh it's supposed to be like what their fifth straight last dance season 
Yeah, they've, and they've they just, lost they the keep first, hanging around. They've lost five straight series since they won the cup. And I think it's interesting. You mentioned in the group, uh, one of you guys said how Seattle is like hanging on despite shit goaltending. Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh has their goaltending all of a sudden. And that's what the difference is for me. Jari and DeSmith both have 923 save percentages. Um, they're lining like a, a bunch of goals. Years, but... A couple of years ago, like, is it Flurry? Is it Matt Murray? Mm-hmm. Like making those choices didn't seem like Jari was going to be the guy, and all of a sudden you get your goaltending settled in, and look at them now. Uh, helps when Sidney Crosby has eleven points in six games too. Um, like they've got so much depth too. Like Crosby, Malkin, obviously Rust, Jason Zucker is having a good start. Um, Jeff Carter on your third line is never a bad thing. Jen Gen- Jake Gensel is one of the least talked about studs in the league. Yeah. Uh, Chris Letang's awesome. Jeff Petrie looks like a man on a mission after that last season with Montreal. He looked really good last night. Um, I was especially zoning in on him because I have him in fantasy. Uh, Jan Ruda is a huge pickup. Like he kicks ass um, with Tampa. was a depth guy. And I don't know. They just, they, they've added depth and they just look like a good team. Like they have zero prospects coming, but that doesn't matter this year. They just, they're, they're a very, they're a good team. I could see them winning that division. Carolina might run away with it, but if there's a team I could see sticking with them, it's uh, it's Pittsburgh for sure in that division. I guess the Rangers too. The Rangers have looked decent. Um, yeah, <laughs> the Rangers but, have looked good. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good division. I I honestly um, and Philly Philly's start is ridiculous. Nah, they're not gonna, they're, that's not gonna last. But uh, like New Jersey, that's a team. Like, oh, have yeah. you guys watched any New Jersey? Like, yeah. they look so good. If they, they look get, awesome. If they get any goaltending, <laughs> it's over. They had, Didn't they, Blackwood just get, like, a three-star of the week or something? Yeah, let's look at his games. I they, think it was, like, 3-0 and 0 or something. They're, yeah. He, sorry, like, all of their ahead. players are atop of, like, every underlying metric I know. thing I've seen so far. Like, they have, like, five of the top. 10 defensemen in the league to start the year like it's it's wild so um october 18th versus anaheim uh he made 18 saves on 20 shots uh two nights later he made 16 saves on 17 shots against the islanders and then he saved 21 of 22 shots against san jose so nothing huge um new jersey's crushing teams in terms of Corsi. like they're out shooting the hell out of these teams right now um they're only four and three Vitek Vanacek has a 7.69 save percentage. It's good stuff. Blackwood's at an 8.70. Like, they're getting shit goaltending still, and they're 4-3. and three. Um, I had this thought yesterday, and I wanted to keep it a surprise for the pod. You know how we've been talking John Gibson forever? Yeah. New Jersey. Go get they're that, They're fucking man. loaded with prospects. Yeah. yeah. That would be easy. And I think they have cap space, too, with Subban coming off. Yeah, I, uh, Ryan, you want to get they, on that cap space situation? You want to check the Devils? I guess they probably I, used some of it up. They brought a lot in. I, I'm pretty sure I know this off the top of my head, actually. They have $2 million in space right now. Let's go verify. Andreas Johnson, though, is at like three, and they waived him. So they, have dead so yeah, they have back. They have so they have, many people to resign this offseason, too, though. They have they have $2 million in LTR. Uh, no, sorry, just $2 million in space. Yeah um who do they and they have to resign like their whole team (laughs) yeah they've got a lot of guys coming off what if um 
Okay, let's make a let's make a John Gibson trade to New Jersey right now. Would you guys in would you guys do? I don't tell me if this is an overpay or an underpay. Tell me who says no, okay? Yeah. Alexander Holtz for John Gibson. No. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Who says yes. no? New Jersey. No. Oh, okay. Is he is he that good? Yeah. Honestly, I think both. I thought he was off to like that. kind of a shitty start in his career. Yeah, okay. he's still he's kind of on their fourth line. In, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, am I okay? Should we just not talk about this then? I don't know. Well, we can't. That just that one seemed absurd. And Holtz would all be off, like untouchable. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't think Alexander Holtz was all that. I I haven't really. He was a top ten pick in the Stutzla draft. Yeah, I know, but you got to give up something to get John Gibson. I don't. Know. I think this, he could. This team. Like this team. This point. team. This team makes playoffs easily with John Gibson in that. Anaheim will take your your first. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have their assets up in front of me, so I know I, I can't think of their prospects off the top of my head. They've got. New Jersey has all their picks except for their third in this coming draft, which I would assume is from the John Marino trade. Yes. Um, hmm. Jack, do you have any ideas? No, like I, I wouldn't touch Luke Hughes, Nemec, or Holtz. Holtz yeah. would be like maybe if they're taking a bad contract with it. Okay. But Well, I mean, New Jersey would have to get rid of cap to bring in – yeah, but there's a difference between like offsetting cap and a badass, like a horrible contract. True. Okay. What about okay. like a what about like a Nolan Foot? I don't know how well he's projected, but Nolan Foot in a first or something? Yeah. I think he's like he's already been moved from Tampa. I don't know if he's really got it going right now. But he's from the uh, Blake Coleman deal, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean, I guess, uh, I don't know. I'm not really up to date on my Alexander Holtz development. Uh, I don't really know how he's been developing. So maybe I got ahead of myself with including him in a John Gibson trade. Uh, his name just jumped out at me. I know he's, he was, I think he was eighth overall pick. I wonder with all of their, like with Nemec coming and all that, would they consider moving Kevin Ball? I think they got it. He would definitely be a part of it. They're going to have to move some defensemen eventually, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, their Let D is loaded. You, you got Dougie Hamilton and John Marino signed for five, six years and five years, respectively. Damon Severson's a UFA after this season. Ryan Graves is a UFA after this season. Uh, Segan Thaler signed six years. Brendan Smith, two years. Kevin Ball is going to be an RFA after this year. And you'd assume think, Luke Hughes comes to the team maybe after yeah. the university season's done. I think he's ready this year, yeah. And then uh, Namek probably comes over next year. Yeah. Uh, so you got those two guys coming in that are going to need minutes. So Ke- Kevin Ball is a very realistic piece to that, if it were to happen. I would say for sure. And I think probably Severson or Graves get flipped and kind of make it like a three-team deal. Or you send one of those guys to Anaheim and Anaheim extends them because they're a team if that's If they're interested, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like if I'm Anaheim, I, I would love to have a Ryan Graves. Or even a Damon Simpson. Both both are good players. Yeah. Extend it like if you get extensions with them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing shit at the wall. I, I don't know. I think uh, I think from Jersey... like an Anaheim perspective though, you're probably waiting another year or two to go for it and be adding right. those guys if you're getting rid of Gibson because 
they do have goalies in the system, but it's not like there's no one ready right now. I think that's partly why Kevin Ball makes a lot of sense because I I think it's widely believed that he's pretty close to breaking in. Yeah, I agree. Like he's been and he's massive. Like he would be a great um, addition to that blue line with Drysdale. I don't know if they play opposite sides or not off the top of my head. I think they do. That would be that would be awesome for them. I don't know. I just want to see the Devils get a goalie. Like, yeah, they're such a they're such a good team. Like that is they're such so a fun. good team. Like every time I check scores and look at like shots and every like shots for and against, like New Jersey's dominating teams. They're just mm-hmm. not getting any good I, trending. I have Hughes, Brett, and Hamilton in fantasy, and they've been putting up some good numbers. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump over to another team that's kind of surprised thus far. The Buffalo Sabres, four and two to start the year. Um, they're a fun team to watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, specifically, Russ, like, are we considering that a surprise at this point? That they're a fun team to watch, or that they're four and two? I thought they were off to a good start. I think this is kind of where they're expected to take a step. Um, I yes, I didn't no. expect like, them to be four and two. Fair. And who are they beat? Who have they beaten? They've beaten Ottawa. They beat okay. They swept the Alberta swing. Like that's a surprise. Uh, they yeah, swept Western right. Canada. They beat um, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. Oh my God, we've only got ten minutes left. Um, I'm I don't know. I think Buffalo looks great. Uh, not that I didn't think they would look great, but they're getting goaltending. Eric Comrie looks like a man, like a new man. Um, did the Jets let him go for nothing too? Yeah, they did. I think they waived him. Um, and he was like a top goalie prospect for a while, and he just yeah. kind of never panned out behind Hellebuck. But Craig mm-hmm. Anderson's playing amazing. He's only played two games, but whatever. Um, but Rasmus Dahlin, the early season Norris candidate, um, he's always Rocket sort of candidate. been on the – Pardon? Rocket candidate. Rocket <laughs> candidate. Um, he's always been on sort of the periphery of the elite young defenseman conversation. Like it's always been – for the last two or three years, it's been Makar, and Fox – McAvoy, but Dolly, like, is Darlene there yet for you guys after five games this season, or was he already there? What do you guys think? Um, I definitely didn't have him in that same tier before this season at all. But it's it's just hard to ignore what he's done now, especially like having the chance to watch him for a full game against Ottawa. Uh, he just dominated that. Like for his goal, he just walked through the entire team and made it look. On, like it just looked crazy easy mm-hmm. and he's doing that more and more every game so he's definitely there for me now and him in power on that blue line for however long they'll be oh did we lose ryan oh no there he is hello okay there he's back uh jack what are your thoughts on buffalo so far uh, yeah, they're exciting. Just love the vibes. I think we talked about it before, ever since Ico left. The vibes have just been trending up. And it's, I would say for Dali, and I, I don't know if I would have been confident enough to put him in that top tier, but as you said, he was always right there. And this has been his first chance with um, a positive work environment, as well as like talent around him. He's been kind of stuck going through it in Buffalo, and all of a sudden he's probably a little bit happier each day going to the rink and just having a good time. And we're finally seeing way back when at the world juniors, he was playing for Sweden and he looked like he was 25 playing against 16 year olds. Right. 
it feels uh it feels wild it, it almost feels unfair that buffalo has two number one overall picks on the left side of their d for the next 10 years rasmus Dahlin and like Darling isn't he's not necessarily even a late bloomer no he's just like he, it feels like he was like it feels like he's been in the league a while but really he's just on track he, yeah that's how defensemen develop because in the last few years, all these guys are becoming studs immediately. So it's kind of skewed our interpretation of how defensemen should develop. Like, mm. this has always been how defensemen develop. It takes three, four years for them to get going. Yeah. And, uh, and even just in general, too, like, it's what, his fifth season now? Fourth. Fourth? He was, anyways, my point is same draft as Brady, right? And like we can okay, see. Okay, yeah, Bra- fifth year then, fifth year. We can see Brady breaking through this year too. Like not everybody gets there within the first two, three years. Right. And now he's proving to the whole world that he has Norris capable play in him. Yeah. I think uh, I think just with today's day and age where everything is so fast and, and, and pretty much instantaneous, um, People think that guys are busts at the age of 21 years old. Yeah, this is not like the case. Every top 10 pick has to come over for their 18-year-old season. Yeah. Like I, like Slavkowski and Wright, for example. We wanted to touch on this anyway, so we'll do this super quick. Um, like both guys, it, it came out this week that both guys are going to be sent back, like uh, Slavkowski to Laval and Wright to Kingston um, after their nine games. And that is objectively the correct decision for those guys, I think. Um, well, I'm even curious. before the draft, like that was even when I had Shane Wright going one, I only expected nine games out of him. Yeah, he missed a year of his junior development. Yeah. He should be going back. People it, ignore it, that way too much. It's it's cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely do. Um, it's cool that they got their taste. I don't know if Wright scored, but Slavkowski like got his goal. He's endeared himself to the fan base, and now go develop, go dominate the AHL for a season, and then come back next year and be an all like a rock star. And, like, a similar thing can be seen with Philip Mazar, the other Slovakian Montreal took in the first round. They gave him one game at the AHL level, played on the fourth line, but got to see up close what pro hockey looks like. They sent him to the OHL. Kitchener had his rights. He put up four points in his first game. Right. Like All of a sudden, his confidence sky high. He's not worried about, I got to make a name for myself in the 11 minutes I'm getting. Shane Wright's getting like eight minutes and he's supposed to prove himself as an NHLer. Like, how is that going to work ever? Never. It won't. Um, Ryan, do you have anything else on, uh, on that note? Not really. Um, like you said, I, I just don't really understand, um, putting these kids in these spots, like specifically, right. Why is he here playing six game or six minutes a night? Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like he, he picked up one assist, but like, what do you expect from him playing on the fourth line? It almost just feels like he's been hyped up for so long that it just felt like he just feels like the kind of prospect that should start his career in the NHL, but Mm. he's he's just not ready. Like he's just not ready. And so he missed a full year plus of hockey. Like, yeah. And Beneers waited a full year before he had his debut. Yeah, he played a right. full year of college hockey, then came in when it was garbage time, yeah. not when your team's expected to do a hell of a lot better than they did last year. That's a good point too. Like we're seeing more and more players take the extra year at college and come in and absolutely destroy, like mm-hmm. right away. Like 
I don't know. Near- it, it can be a good decision. I don't know. And like Fantilli, I think it is for the 23 draft. He's a Canadian that went the college route. And he's just. He's at Michigan, right? Yeah, he, and he's just dominated. He's him and Luke Hughes. Oh, he's he's on pace to break like every record in the NCAA, and he's a young player. Yeah, like, yeah, he's crazy. Uh, I, I don't know the college route. It looks better and better compared to the CHL. I think it it just is. We should have that debate sometime. I don't I don't know if we have had that debate, but uh, I think we wanted to in like our original episode and never got to it. I had it. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of things we didn't get to in our original episode, even yeah. though it was like an hour and a half. <laughs> it was um, an hour and a half, and there was like a lot of stutters and <laughs> dead silence. Didn't know how to edit, so it was just dead silence. Um, so we got about two minutes and forty seconds left. So, Ryan, you mentioned wanting to do a pro am player of the week. I don't know if we have enough time for this, but we can maybe give like a do a little quick trial. Did you guys? Do you guys have one? I have three in case you took my first two. Okay, well, I, only, I have one. And I only brought one. Okay. Okay, well, I, you guys go ahead. Okay. And then are we going to expand on them, or are we just going to, like, give Well, them? whatever we got in two minutes, go. Okay. Yeah, uh, go mine, quick. Stop talking about it. <laughs> mine's Tyler Sagan. Um, I went to the Dallas game, uh, Ottawa against Dallas, and uh, he looks like a different player. Like, he's been slow the last few years dealing with injuries. Um, but he doesn't look like a ten million dollar player. But uh, it looks like Tyler Sagan is back, and Dallas looks awesome. Mine is Derek Broussard. Earns okay. a PTO, comes in, and now he's going to be slotted in for the second line, probably for at least a couple more games. Um, scores in his first game, good for him. Jack, rattle your three off. I want to hear the reasons as well. Oh, you want all three? Arbor Jacky, go to the NHL. He's got his first goal. Fucking dummied Zach Cassian. Oh my God, we didn't even talk about that. And we, I, also, I don't know how we missed talking. The Jack true, Bell. the true reason he's got a creative nickname, which hockey just hates. Yeah, and that puts him above and beyond. Congratulations, Zach Cassian's my runner-up for being relevant again for the first <laughs> time in a while. If one of you took Zach, that's who I was going to. <laughs> so congratulations, Zach. Who's your third okay. one? I fucking lost my third in the moment. I didn't write them down. I had one, though, I swear. <laughs> you had three in your head and you Oh, forgot. it was Carey Price. Carey Price, okay. there was an article oh. came out. He talked about alcoholism. He continues to be a leader for First Nations. Shout out to him for still fight. Awesome. Uh, so next week, we'll maybe allot a little bit more time for this pro on Player of the Week, or maybe we'll just do it like once a month. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty cool. I, I think Arbor Jack guy's the guy. Uh, I can't believe we forgot to talk about him. That's brutal. 40 minute, the 40 minute time constraint killed us today. Um, all right, that'll do it for this 32nd episode of Professional Amateurs. We'll catch you next week. Bye.